Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten, and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is 50 Shades of K. We get so many phone calls here on The Mix, and you never know exactly what that conversation is going to be or how it's going to resonate with you. And earlier this month, it was my birthday, and we were talking about how it's my last year in my 30s. What should I be doing before I turn 40? And that's when we received a phone call from my guest today, Lisa Atenito. She is the executive director of this organization called the Women's Fund of Greater Milwaukee. Lisa Antonito, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you. We have so much to get to, including your event that you have coming up that's going to really get the conversation going about what we can do to move women forward. And after all these years of interviewing women on this podcast and on my radio show, I found that they have one thing in common. They had other people who believed in them and who supported them. You've heard the saying, it takes a village. And the nonprofit that you're affiliated with, Women's Fund of Greater Milwaukee, the mission is really about supporting and helping other women. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, thank you. Uh, the Women's Fund of Greater Milwaukee was uh, launched after about 10 years of conversation. And if you sort of roll back in history and think the 1970s, when the women's movement was really in its heyday, um, in, its, in the current form, the Women's Fund then joined a national movement of launching women's funds and foundations across the country in the 1980s. So we started after about 10 years of conversation in 1996 under the umbrella of what was then called the Milwaukee Foundation, which has evolved itself to become the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. And so we were a fund under their umbrella. And uh, it was a collection of uh, 36 founding mothers who launched this idea of creating a fund that would be specifically addressing issues that impact women. In 2006, we went independent from the Greater Milwaukee Foundation and established ourselves as a separate 501c3 and remain committed to those founding mothers of addressing issues that impact women in order to advance equity for women. And what are some of the issues that you're dealing with? I mean, I obviously equal pay is probably huge. 
Yeah, so um, so it's the way the Women's Fund does its work is really with the power of money. So often people, but often women, don't want to talk about money when there's tremendous power in money. And so we actually don't do all of the work directly. So we are a grant-making entity that supports organizations that are actually on the front line addressing the issues, doing the systems change work. And so they run the gamut. We have focused on all the issues of women. So yes, pay equity, but also health inequities, educational gaps, family violence, anything that stands in the way for a woman to move forward. So personal safety, uh, access to health care, education, it, it really runs the gamut in subject matter. It does. And you think about women that are trying to move forward, that are up against this. That's why this organization is important and powerful. And when you called into the show, Lisa, your challenge was, okay, you've got a year until you're going to turn 40, 365 mm-hmm. days. And I remember exactly. you said, why yeah. not donate a dollar a day or $365? Right. And it resonated with me because I thought a dollar a day, that's possible. People could do something like that. And if that was donated to an organization like yours, Women's Fund of Greater Milwaukee, the impact that that could have with so many issues that you were just talking about. Every little bit, if we all did that, that that would be huge. Yes. And in fact, that is sort of the tradition and history of the Women's Fund. So the early donors of the Women's Fund were were making gifts literally of $20 and $50. Uh, And then in the 1990s, the Women's Fund um, Board of Directors said, you know, we really, we got to really get to this. And so um, they started a multi-year commitment and they were asking women to make a $10,000 commitment and take up to 10 years to pay it off. Now, it was a different era, and women didn't really think of themselves as philanthropists. So there was a secondary purpose. It was not only to establish the fund and create some assets and to use to make grants going forward, but it also was to help women become philanthropists themselves. And so the $365 amount that you reference is a nod to our current campaign. We're also conducting a multi-year campaign right now. We want to expand our Women's Fund Endowment, and we're asking women, instead of making a 10-year commitment, because who knows where we're all going to be in 10 days, right? (laughs) Exactly, Um, Lisa. So no one can make a 10-year commitment for sure. So we're asking for a three-year commitment of a minimum of $365 in an effort to empower women to be everyday philanthropists with a dollar a day. And that's the minimum, although we have many, many people that make all different kinds of gifts. And that's what's great about an endowment, different than a service-providing entity. We accept gifts that are $5 one-time gifts, $5 monthly gifts, up to, I have some donors that make $200 monthly gifts. We have people that make one-time gifts, whether it's $5, $5,000, or $500,000 over a lifetime. It could be an estate gift. It can be a one-time gift because someone gets a bonus or inherits a small fund. Fund. They want to make a part of a gift. So money comes to the Women's Fund in all kinds of forms. And that's good to know because if there is someone that's thinking, okay, maybe I can't give a lot, it never gets old to say a little bit can still make a difference because if everyone gave a little bit, that's a big difference. And I think back to when the women's soccer team won the World Cup and they were pushing for pay equality and and that was all over the news. And I felt like, gosh, I wish I could do something. I didn't know what. I didn't know what I could do. 
I wish I would have known about this organization because this is something that people can give to and know it's going to make a difference. Can you tell us some of the success stories that have come from a lot of these grants that you've been involved with? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for asking that. So the Women's Fund has been making grants since 1989, and they've run the gamut of uh, issues that we've already talked about. But in some cases, we've been seed funders, seed funding entities that have not yet proven themselves or don't have a long history. You know, there's some organizations that have been functioning for years and decades. They have lots of history, and there's lots of credibility to those organizations. But sometimes an organization is just starting out, and they might be new to addressing an issue in a very innovative, creative way. And so the Women's Fund has been involved in creating some of those organizations, like Pearls for Teen Girls. We were early funders in that organization, and we were making gifts to them so that they could get established and create some momentum for their own method of addressing the needs of girls in our community. That's a great organization. They are involved in leadership development programs for girls middle school through high school and even beyond. And how important a little bit of funding can help to keep that momentum going. And I think about right now, of all the times talking with you, we just lost Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who so many women love and adore her, including myself. And she was all about equality for women. And I think about, too, what her story is doing for maybe a young girl who didn't know who she was, but saw this on the news, asked some questions, and is maybe lighting a fire in that young woman that thinks, I want to be like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And these organizations that you're helping are working towards that to try to get more women out there to push for these issues that maybe in 30 years we don't have to even worry about anymore. Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) So it's interesting. I, I have an interesting response to that. So we are, we are functioning in systems, whether you're talking about the economic system, the government system, healthcare systems, uh, educational systems. These are all systems that were created by men and likely serving their needs, of course. Yeah. And what we take then is we as women for decades, centuries, have been trying to fit ourselves into that system and be successful. And in in 2020, I have been challenging women to imagine sort of, you know, with that idea of 2020 vision, let's imagine a system that's created by and for women. And then let's see how we can marry the two as opposed to um, trying to fit into something. And I'm not suggesting that, that we should tear down all the systems, but some of the systems are now open for recreation and reimagining. So let's step into that space and say, okay, what would this system look like if it were designed by and for women? So for example, when I think about um, women's personal safety and I think of public transportation or public spaces or educational spaces that are in the public school systems, at every level, what would those places and experiences be if they were designed for women? Can you imagine? Just think of the productivity that could happen if people were comfortable in those spaces. 
Yeah, and I think even some design influences, you know, and this is always the, <laughs> this is a constant, there's a lot to track, of course, from the women's fund, but there is a constant struggle between, you know, form and function and, you know, is the design set up for function or form and which one is, which one leads. And when I think about women and what would the space be designed in public spaces for women, you know, there wouldn't be any dark spaces, there wouldn't be any hidden corners, you know, everything would right. be accessible by and for women that, with safety, with their personal safety available. You get me excited when you talk about this, of what the potential is. And I'm hopeful that we can get to that point in the future. What kinds of programs do you have? Yeah, so one, so the Women's Fund does three things. We've already talked about granting to the organizations, and sometimes there's seed funding, but there also is evaluation funding, capacity building, innovation. We were the early funders for the program that's called Voices at Sojourner Family Peace Center. They wanted to launch a new program that had been used in other communities to help um, survivors tell their stories and use their voice on behalf of other women. And they came to the Women's Fund and said, you know, we, we want to launch this program locally. Will you be a funder? And so there was an innovative idea that hadn't been proven or used in Milwaukee. We were there to fund it. Um, now that program is three years in the process. Now they have other funders that are excited about it. And so that's a terrific example of where we were there. It was an innovative project. Not a lot of local facts and figures to prove it works, but we, we tried it. Yeah, and it proved to be successful. And you said it's been around now for a couple years. Exactly. So we do granting. We also have programming, and the programming is designed really to to create conversation because we believe that social change has um, three components. So we want to adjust an attitude, influence behavior, and then shift the culture, and that's where you get social change. And so for us, that first part of attitude takes a conversation. We've got to have a conversation like the one you and I are having that will, you know, change someone's thinking, that will then get them thinking differently or from a new perspective. Yeah, which is important. And so one of our programs is coming up. It's our annual Women's Fund Presents event, and it is really designed to be an exciting, interesting experience for people to build on and self-reflect and then move forward in the next year on a new perspective. And this year, we're celebrating Game Changers. Yes, I've been reading about this. This is great. October 23rd, 3 until 4.30 p.m. with Megan Dugan, who is an Olympian. She's a Badger. Yeah. She went to Madison, and she won with the U.S. team three Olympic medals, the first Olympic gold in 20 years in February 2018. I remember being in Steamboat, Colorado at a karaoke bar when they won, and everyone started chanting, <laughs> USA, USA. It was a really cool moment I'll never forget, but she's an advocate, a philanthropist. She's going to be a great keynote speaker to have. That sounds like such a great event, and if people want to be a part of it, where can they go for more information, and is there still time to, for people to get involved? Thank you, yes. Um, you, you, you tell such a sweet story about your memory of that goal. That's it was so, so cool. great because <laughs> it, it, it was so the karaoke cool. bar. It was Schmiggity's in downtown Steamboat, <laughs> if anyone cares to go out there. And they had the screen behind the karaoke 
So, like, at commercial breaks, people would sing karaoke, and then they would show the game. And to be in a place like that in February where it's all about Olympic sports, they have flags and banners of all the Olympians that had trained in Steamboat. So it kind of felt like you were part of the Winter Games. And all the bars opened their doors. Everyone was in the street yelling, USA. And we felt such pride. I mean, and it was great to see people cheering like that for women's sports, too. Yeah, it is great. Wonderful. Yeah, that is exciting. And, and Megan is, uh, of course, an Olympian, and, and that is an exciting story in and of itself. Um, she also led the effort of um, threatening boycott of the USA hockey because they were looking for better gender you know, treatment. They they wanted a more equitable treatment, not only for pay, but for everything, for training accessibility, for equipment, for accommodations when they were on the road, for the method of travel, for the uh, stipends on their travels. It's everything. They were looking for a more equitable package um, as women. And she led the effort. And, um, of course, you know, I, I think it's, <laughs> I think I can let the cat out of the bag, but of course the team won. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, they threatened the boycott and, uh, USA Hockey uh, did acquiesce and, and made accommodations to meet their needs. And then the team did go on. That was the year before they won that gold that you referenced. So that was in 2017. And then Megan's going to talk about how that threat, obviously they had a long journey, how that threat um, was the tipping point, and then what that experience did to bond the team to then carry them into that Olympic game. Again, look what happened. They came together, change was made, oh, and they were a success. It's not a coincidence. Exactly, exactly. So the third, so we do this kind of programming. We try to celebrate something in National Women's History Month. And I have a really cool story about the National Women's History Month, which is March. Then we try to do something to help us understand history more thoroughly. Because, you know, all of us took history classes that didn't really show all of history. And so we think we can fill in some of the blanks as it relates to women in history. And so I'll start with a special flash grant that we made to St. Joan Antita High School in the city of Milwaukee. They have a van that had broken down, and they needed to replace it with a used van. And so they called us and asked if we had any uh, flash grant money that we could allocate, and we were able to make a partial gift to that purchase of the new van. And then that same year, we made a small gift to the Chudnow Museum of Yesteryear, Have you been there? No, I have not. So it's over on 12th and Kilbourne, right downtown in the shadow of Catholic Financial and Marquette University's campus. Okay. Um, It's a themed uh, museum, 15 different themed rooms, and it runs the gamut of rooms from a game room and an ice cream parlor. There's a movie theater, but there's also the hardware store and the grocery store, and there's a, a political room. And, and so barbershop and speakeasy, it's a collection of everyday items from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so we approached the Chudnow Museum of Yesteryear um, in offering sponsorship of their National Women's History Month exhibit with a promise um, as a trade that we could have a reception to experience the museum to, you know, see their exhibit. And Steve Daly, the executive director there, said, sure. I asked if he might be willing also to do some research about some of the existing items in their collection to discover what the role and contributions of women have been. And so 
he hesitated a little bit, but he said, okay, I'm up to that challenge, Lisa. And uh, he called me a few days later and said that he had discovered some new facts and that he was going to be adding a plaque to each room celebrating uh, National Women's History Month with a Women's Fund History Fact. Wow. Adding the value of women to each one of those exhibits. And since then, they have blossomed. So he didn't have a lot of time. He only had a couple um, installed in each room. But since then, apparently, it has uh, blossomed. What's so exciting about that is that on March 1st, then, when we had our reception, one of the attendees at the reception was the history teacher from St. Joan and Dita High School. And she was so impressed with the Women's Fund History Facts that she said that she was going to use that ban that the Women's Fund helped create and purchase for the school to bring her high school students over to read the Women's Fund History Facts that we had sponsored at the Chudman Museum of yesteryear. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. Oh, my gosh. That gave me goosebumps. But yeah, it's such a great it's, story. But and it also just, just shows how we are so connected. Exactly. And, 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 and how important it is to continue educating and sharing those stories in hopes exactly. of inspiring a young woman to get out and make a difference in this world. So, it's, so people ask regularly, is, and you know this probably from your own gifts to organizations, they're always asking for the ROI. What's the ROI? What's the value of the Women's Fund? And, you know, I always say, you know, that's a difficult, complicated question for me to answer. Uh, of course, there's one value in that, yeah, we, we're providing these grants, these organizations taking risks and helping them build capacity. We're also doing these programmings, and we're providing scholarships to women age 35 pursuing their first college degrees. And wait, 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 real all... quick. I want to make sure we really stress that to people because you mentioned that when you called into the show, that you mm-hmm. are helping women over the age of 35 get their first college degrees. That alone is so awesome because for someone to be 35 or older to say, all right, I'm going back, I'm doing this, can be intimidating. They probably have to juggle maybe kids, home life. And for you to assist in that, education is power, Lisa. That's incredible. I wanted to make sure that people really caught what you said there because that's great. Oh, we have such fantastic stories about these women. Most recently, I'll tell you about Lynette. Uh, Lynette is, she just finished in May her degree in nursing, and it was something that she had always wanted. Since she was a teenager, she wanted to be a nurse. And she had started her journey as a nurse, uh, you know, as a nursing student at MSOE in Milwaukee. And unfortunately, uh, somebody in her family required some medical care, and so she took a pause on her education to take care of that that family member. And, of course, you know, life gets complicated, and she got off track, and um, then it wasn't until she was several decades later that it was finally her turn to refocus on herself and say, I'm going to reengage. And she returned to school and studied nursing again, finished uh, in May and launched her nursing career in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, I was just going to say at a time when when they, we really need healthcare workers and good healthcare exactly. workers. And and that's really someone that is answering the call. That, exactly. that 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 voice in her head still said you should do this and she never gave up and went back. It is. It's so fantastic. So we were honored and thrilled to to give her uh, several scholarships. We do have a renewable program in that um, they can renew up to three years so that we're really standing with them the whole way on their journey. And we work with students who are at Alverno College, Mount Mary University, and University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Love it. Awesome. 
back to the ROI of the Women's Fund, you know, it's really difficult to quantify because, of course, having a Women's Fund keeps the conversation about women alive in the community, no doubt about it. Uh, but at the same time, how do I know what those high school girls read at the Chudno Museum and are going to take away into their life and, and what the ripple effect will that be? You know, it's difficult to quantify it because we're just planting the seeds in those young minds, what they do with it, how they absorb it and work with it is it's unseen territory. You know, it's uncharted. We don't know yet. To your earlier point about RBG, we don't know what her legacy is inspiring today. I will tell you, we've created a memorial fund for gifts to be made in her honor. Oh, that's we'll wonderful. Make, uh, we'll make a flash grant in quarter four of 2020, yet before the end of the year, in her legacy, in her honor, to celebrate what she was, what she's been able to do to advance equity for women. Well, and think about her story too with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Exactly. Earlier on in her career, when she had a job when they were down in Oklahoma because her husband was stationed there at Fort Sill with the military, mm-hmm. she found out she was pregnant, and then she was demoted. Exactly. And you sit there and go, this woman, like, little did they know at that point. And in a way, it's almost like, you know what? Thank you for demoting her. <laughs> because look what it did. Look what she did. And and that's also where, you, you know, maybe don't look at the obstacle, look at the opportunity. I mean, she was like a sponge taking all of that in. And she worked for there to be change so that women hopefully don't have to face that. And I understand when I talk to friends of mine that that sadly still goes on. For, for women. And it's it like, does. well, how did you think the human race was going to move forward? I mean, so women aren't supposed to have children and just focus on their jobs. That's not always the case. Yeah. Um, but these and, are some of the issues that I know that your organization's talking about and working on. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's a it has to be, a, it has to be a role of parents. You know, we have to think about um, children as the responsibility of, of parents um, more than one would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so like my my heart is just so full of excitement for what what you're doing for women. And I, cause I always say women supporting women. If when that happens, big things come from that. And it's we all and we all benefit from it as well. Lisa, I know that you are focused on the mission and that's what you're passionate about. And a lot of times when I meet people like you that work for these organizations, they don't want to make it about them. But I want to ask a little bit about you because you clearly are just so passionate about this. What is it that motivates you to work with the Women's Fund of Greater Milwaukee? Yeah, thank you for asking, Elizabeth, because I I feel like everyone's on a journey and I do believe that things present themselves for, for me when I need them. And I had been doing some gig work. I had a portfolio of projects of a, of a variety, and the opportunity came at the Women's Fund, and, I, and I, I pursued it and went through the process. The board of directors that was on the hiring committee said, you know, you're someone with a vision, terrific passion, you have the skills that we're looking for, and so here I am. It's not something that I thought, you know, one day I'm going to be in a grant-making entity and, and have a larger platform to make greater change in a community, but I love Milwaukee. It's a fantastic city. We have plenty of issues to address. There is no doubt about it. I don't want to say it's perfect, but it is a, a fabulous city, and so let's build on the assets and, ma- and make it a more perfect city for everyone, and this is a chance for me to do it. 
Well said. And I, I love Milwaukee, too. It's it's my hometown, and I think it's a great place to, to grow and to raise a family. And like you said, it's not perfect, and we have a ways to go. But if the more that we have these conversations, not just conversations, comprehension, too, for people to mm-hmm. actually like take in and digest what you're talking about and what you're going to talk about coming up at this Women's Fund event on October 23rd, because then that can hopefully shift some behavior and that can then change the culture and the community too. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on with me today, Lisa. I am so glad that you called into the show on all days, you know, my birthday, which is a day where people I think do a lot of reflecting. And I was definitely on that day. And I thought about your phone call the whole rest of the day, reached out to you and said, we need to have a conversation. We need to talk more about what it is that you're working on. And I want to thank you on behalf of women for everything you're doing for women and girls in our community and and in our world. Thank you for the work that you're putting in because you've inspired me today too. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you for having me. You know, I I am standing on the shoulders of so many women as you are. I mean, we we do that, right? One generation stands on the shoulders of the previous. And so, you know, we, we challenge everyone to be an everyday philanthropist. Talk about the money. Make your gifts with intention and, and align them with your values. Whether yeah. it's five dollars or five thousand or five hundred thousand, um, the amounts are not so so specific. It, it's really about the empowerment that the, that making the gift gives a person, and so we challenge everyone to be everyday philanthropists as best they can, and and be thoughtful about being intentional. Yeah, exactly. The website is womensfundmke.org, which we will link at 991themix.com. If you want to take a look here, you can find out about their HER scholars, the grants, donating, some of the events they have coming up. Want to remind you again that they have the virtual event on Friday, October 23rd. Women's Fund presents Game Changers, Driving Equity Forward with Megan Dugan, the UW Badger, Olympian, advocate, philanthropist. People want to be a part of that event. They just go to womensfundmke.org, Lisa? Yes, and there's an event tab. You can click on it, see the details, and one person can register up to 12 people. And maybe... Women's Fund of Greater Milwaukee can help someone that's listening right now that has an organization or something that they're working on or if they want to go back to school. So this this is great to get the word out. And this is what this podcast is all about. It's 50 Shades of K because it's talking about all the different shades of women, all the different layers of who we are in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in our community. And I think this this organization just really encompasses a lot of that. So thank you, Lisa. I hope to meet you in person one day post-COVID. <laughs> right. That'll be delightful, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lisa. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.